texture is like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. <laughs> Quote me on that. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Erasable Podcast. So, you've just realized that ink fades and runs, that your computer is less reliable than an actual cloud, and that analog is, as TJ Cosgrove says, not dead. You find yourself realizing that pencil is the best medium with which to make your mark, but where do you start? Fear not, tonight we will help you with this. I'm here with Johnny and Andy, my beloved co-hosts, and tonight we're going to be talking about beginnings and where to start in pencils for those of you who are new guys how are you doing pretty good how are you excellent i'm doing good I feel like that was one take yeah. Yeah. One, yeah one take tim one take tim that's what they call me back in name yeah. <laughs> one take to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's been a while we got delayed um on a couple recording sessions because of craziness i think life uh, just got in the way <laughs> it was a holiday you know we took a labor day weekend break yeah sure yeah, okay. well, that's Labor Day weekend and sickness and family visits and et cetera break. I don't uh, know about you guys, but last weekend was literally the hottest day ever recorded in San Francisco. <laughs> when you sent that text to us about like how it was the hottest day, I thought yeah. you were going to say something like some joke about how it's 84 degrees or something. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 106. I, saw it on my phone. I was like 106. I was like, oh <laughs> <Yeah>. my God. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it, it was, and the thing is, is like for those listening at home who don't know about San Francisco, like it's mild weather most of the time. It's really nice, and therefore nobody has air conditioning. So, uh, yeah, so, so we had 106 degree weather and no AC. So no, thank we, you. We spent the day at the at, at the mall and then at the uh, the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. So mall walkers and MoMAs. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Mall walkers and MoMAs. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great suggested show title. <laughs> and band name. Yeah. <laughs> Mo- MoMA. What would it be? MoMA and the Mall Walkers? That's hard to say. <laughs> MoMA man. and the Mall Walkers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so, let's just... Uh, yeah. Or do you have something else you're going to say? Oh, I was just going to mention um, this, this suggestion came about um, just because mm-hmm. I feel like in our group, our group grew uh, to 2,000 members, which is amazing. Um, but also, so people have talked about it there, and then also I was at a pen show, which I will talk about a little bit later. Um, and people were like, you know, I really want to get into pencils, but I don't know much about them. Um, do you guys have an episode where you just talk about the basics? And I think that we do, but I think it's like, you know, 70 or 80 episodes ago. So... And yeah. it'll always change. So yeah, and that's yeah, true too. As we as we learn more things, and as like you know, that was before Blackwing's volumes existed, and before the right notepads pencils existed. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like this is a good like kind of like a like a back to basics episode. So we can tell people like, oh, you want to get into pencils? Listen to episode eighty one. So so I yeah. guess we can kind of function under the assumption that whoever is coming is already kind of in this world a little bit, yeah. right? Or is, has the basics down or has, you know, knows what you can find at a big box store or something like that. Yeah. And so we're, so it's almost like the first step into like the deep dive. Yeah. It's like, like you walking out to the, we know that you're pencil we're, curious. We are, yeah. 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 We are pushing them off the diving board. So yes. to speak, <laughs> with this episode. You, you know, are uh, staring into the pencil abyss and it's also staring at them now. Right. 
Yeah. So you you know enough or you are interested enough to have joined a Facebook group or listened to a podcast about pencils. So to listen to 80 episodes. Yeah, yeah, right. We're not going to tell you how to find episode 81. You just you have to listen up to it. Like, oh, right. It's on episode it's on 81. File, man. Here we are. <laughs> but you've got <laughs> but you got 130 hours to listen to before you get to that. So. Good. Go grocery shopping, go to the bathroom, just have a seat. <laughs> cool. Walk around the country a couple times. Should we do tools of the yeah. trade first? Let's do it. I am uh, consuming a uh, mango Lacroix, Lacroix, however you want to say it. Um, and um, what am I consuming in like my my other life uh, or like my media life? Yeah, I just got back. This is <laughs> this is the most San Francisco thing ever. I got back from a big guacamole cook-off party called called a guac-off. <laughs> And our neighbors, <laughs> our neighbors across the hall. Yeah. Hey, Chris, hey, Chris. I know that he listens to this. He organized it, and there were more than seventy guacamoles competing, and like six hundred people there. And it was all free. It was this big, like, farmhouse mansion in Bernal Heights, which is a neighborhood next to ours. And it was incredible. And uh, I, everything's like, I've had a lot of salt today. I've had a lot of avocado. So <laughs> just rehydrating. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um. Consuming media, I I just re- got done reading a uh, a book by a guy named Robin Sloan. He previously wrote this book called Mister Penumbra's Twenty Four Hour Bookstore, and know. it's this. I just bought that the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Harry Marks recommended it, and it was like a Kindle deal. Yeah, last week. Sometime. It's so good. So mm-hmm. so that book I uh, read that a couple years ago. It's basically sort of like combining like mystical like literary cults with like. Google and San Francisco and the Bay Area. Uh, so that guy just wrote another book called Sourdough, which just came out on Tuesday, last Tuesday. And it's kind of the same deal to some respect. It's sort of combining like this woman who works in tech in San Francisco and she decides she starts baking sourdough bread and really loves it. And there's some like mystique involved and it's pretty good. So uh, just finished sourdough. Nice. Super good. And um Yeah. That's what I've been doing. And I'm writing in my campfire field notes with a um, nice. Nataraj pop that has just passed the Steinbeck stage. So it's a little uncomfortable the right mm. way. But what I did is I actually have one of those like little metal pencil holders. And if I put it on the back of it, it actually extends it a little bit past the Steinbeck stage. So, yeah. Nice. How about you, Johnny? Um. We have largely just been catching up on Game of Thrones. We just finished the latest season um, with a very unexpected ending that you guys might have seen. I've if actually not, never I'll seen an episode. Stop talking. Yeah, never of any other show. Never. I'm eventually I'll watch it, like maybe all together. But at this point, I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. It's getting I've so hard to avoid spoilers. Two yeah. or three, something like that. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. It. Yeah. So it wouldn't be spoilers. You guys don't even know who I'm talking about. No. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that takes. I assume up it's evenings. a whole different show by then. Like everybody's dead and just replaced by someone else by the time. Yeah. Well, they've, <laughs> they've got a different. Like a lot of the stuff in the beginning was like, this isn't a spoiler. Like all the the sexual stuff was like really sort of exploitive and graphic. And like later on, it's a lot more thoughtful and parsed out and sensitive. In a good way. That's good. It's nice yeah. to see a show improve. Yeah. But um, I. I finally read Girl with a Pearl Earring, which I started like three times, hmm. which was like super good. The book was amazing. The movie was like, you know, eh. you wish Scarlett Johansson would close her mouth. 
<laughs> and also, like, Colin Firth was, like, so miscast. Huh. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. She gets that a lot, but... Yeah, this guy, she, she, was, she, what, she would just catch a flack for being miscast for something else, too, isn't she? Like, uh, she yep. was playing some, like, Asian character. Well, this was right around when she was in Lost in Translation, mm-hmm. which she was kind of good in, but I didn't buy her as anyone that could read a philosophy book, let alone major in philosophy. <laughs> Personal talk, sorry. But, yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> she okay, doesn't drinking. look as smart as Johnny, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Nobody's as smart as Johnny. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Finally, you guys say it. No, um, <laughs> I am actually having water because there was a festival in town today. I was hanging out with Mr. Chris Roth and John Moses from Right Notepads, and I had to drink water now. <laughs> with those guys. They came before that. Um, and I'm using a Thoreau pencil, which we'll talk about later, and Shenandoah Field Notes. Which one is this one? Chestnut Oak, the dark green. Because it feels like fall. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you, Mr. Tim? I am reading a couple really good things right now. The first thing is a book called Hannah Coulter, which I think I've talked about Wendell Berry on here before. But he's one of my favorite writers. He's a uh, novelist, poet, essayist, uh, and like activist and farmer. <laughs> he's, just, he's just this <laughs> crazy, amazing guy. Uh, but he's he's been around for a really long time. He's I think he's in his 80s now, but I'm reading the last novel he published, which is called Hannah Coulter, and all of his novels revolve around this little town called Port William in Kentucky. Um, and It's a really, really beautiful book, and it's it's a, this one is written as a first person, basically like memoir from Hannah Coulter, this character who's been in, you, she kind of shows up in all the other books, and it's a really amazing story, so that is wonderful. That's one of those books that I've read all of the other novels. This is the one that gets recommended to me more than any other, but somehow I still hadn't gotten around to it. I'd read the first little bit. I hadn't finished it. And now I'm just, just kind of mesmerized by yeah. it. And I'm also rereading pencil. Perfect by Caroline. Cause Ooh. it's so <laughs> this, <laughs> I think it's Carol, Carolyn, Carolyn, yeah, <laughs> Carolyn Hoover, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm rereading it because it's so awesome, uh, and I just his was needing a little uh, pencil pick me up, you know, something to just <clears throat> disappear into because I had read it, you know, we got like an advanced and I read most of it on that and on like PDF, and then I got the book, and so I got to read sections of. It. But this is actually the first time where I've read it cover to cover in the actual hardback version because I'd read read it on my iPad that yeah. first time. Yeah, uh, and I'm just loving it. It's so fantastic. And I I was kind of I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I am I am basically trying to force Caroline to let me read the audiobook. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Like, getting, not get getting. A, that would be awesome. Get a hashtag going. Because I was like, no, seriously, they, I want to do this. They have to. <laughs> 10B audiobook. Yeah, they have to bill you as 10, 10B Tim <laughs> if they do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Or at least in my bio for it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, here I am. Yeah. Just waiting on the call. <laughs> What, what what's the hashtag? Should we uh, just jump on we, that? Yeah, we say, um, 10B Tim and the pencil perfect. Yeah, it's just a super long, obnoxious hash- yeah. hashtag. <laughs> Tim, B, Tim B. Tim is pencil perfect voice. I yeah. don't know. I'm crazy. 
the perfect pencil voice. The perfect <laughs> pencil voice by Tenby yeah. Tim. So, <laughs> so I'm waiting for that call and put it on, uh, on uh, tote bags like Free John Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, record Ten B. <laughs> Book Ten B. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and as far as uh, watching things, we're kind of jumping around, not watching, not really watching anything of note. Really, um, we're rewatching West Wing because Trump. But that's <laughs> that's kind of it. I did watch the movie, uh, The Big Chill, which I think I talked about in the last episode. Didn't mm-hmm. I talk about the the, the uh, soundtrack? Because I was listening to the soundtrack on vinyl, so I've got part one and part two of the soundtracks, all these like great Motown songs. And I finally saw the movie, which I had never seen before. And that was, uh, have either of you seen that? Um, I feel like I have, but I do not remember much of it at all. It's one of those kind of like classic cultural artifact movies. Yeah. A lot of kind of stuff around it. And it has all these people having their first roles. You know, there's like Glenn Close and Kevin Klein and Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, I forget the other guy's name. But oh yeah, a bunch of big name people that you'll recognize. It's a good movie. It's it's surprisingly uh, dark. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be this kind of like light, lighthearted, funny movie, but it, it actually was pretty hmm. pretty grim because I mean, it's basically about these college friends getting back together for the funeral of one of their friends who committed suicide, and they're mm-hmm. like they're all in a, like stuck in a house together for the weekend. And um, it was it was it was good though. So I'm, I'm glad I watched it. Um, but I am writing with a Blackwing 602 at the Steinbeck stage. And I am writing on the back of a used envelope, hmm. which I will get to later and explain why. There's, there's, something <laughs> about, explain why. there's something about Blackwings when they reach the Steinbeck stage that they're just like the best of pencils of that size. And I don't know why. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's maybe just the like aesthetics of it rather than if it's like any more useful. But maybe it's just a feeling of accomplishment. Definitely, and it has just a yeah, and it, it does just look good like proportionally. I don't know what the size of the ferrule. Yeah, just, yeah, but yeah. Hmm. But I'm loving that. So that's it for me. So yes. how about we kick it into the fresh points? Andy, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Go for it. So I have <laughs> my first one is kind of a monster fresh point because it all revolves around the San Francisco Pen Show, and uh, it was. Really fun. Like I, so I think I talked about it last time that I was going to go and um, help Brad Dowdy f- from the pen addict, pen addict with the Nakko booth, and and I did, and it was great. Um, and I just had a chance to like walk around and look at some things. Um, what's really interesting. So I went to the pen show two years ago, and it was basically kind of small, and it was mo- mostly just like old guys in fishing vests selling like you know antique pencils, things like that, but. They've apparently grown a whole bunch in the last two years both. And this year, it was huge. It was just packed in that room. Um, Brad says that's one of the biggest pen shows that he's been to. Um, and wow. there were lots of like other vendors besides just like old guys selling old pens. Um, there was some of my favorite of note. Um, there is a paper company out of Japan called Masubi. And they make these really, really gorgeous... Um, like wool covered journals and the wool is like grown on a sheep farm and some off some island in Japan and all of the people who work there have physical or mental disabilities and the wow. like the the covers are just 
they feel really nice. They look really nice, and they're also like like eighty bucks. Like they're not cheap. Um, mm. And the unfortunate thing right now is that they're all at the moment Tomoe River paper, which isn't like great for pencil at yeah. all. Like it's just mm-hmm. you know nothing for a pencil. Um, but I talked to the guy, and he says that there are going to be other uh, other paper types coming. So when that happens, I'll definitely be on board. Um, so yeah, pa- that paper cool. was incredible. Um, I uh, I found this really great. So there's a fountain pen. There's a couple of different fountain pens that I like, guys. And I know this is a pencil podcast, but I have to talk like about two fountain pens. <laughs> one is uh, this one made by a company called Stylo Art. And it is basically um, just a handcrafted fountain pen barrel that this guy in, like this Japanese guy makes. And he uses, are you guys familiar with, uh, oh, shoot, I'm going to botch the name, Urushi? the like the lacquering method um it is this maybe japanese method of lacquering like fountain pens and stuff that in like boxes and like jewelry boxes and involves like hundreds of passes of this very thin lacquer and it takes like months or something to do it and it just ends in this really really beautiful just sheen and mm-hmm. they had these fountain pen barrels made like with Urushi lacquer. And there's this one that I'll post a link to um, that was a, uh, like, they had like eggshells in it. And it was just gorgeous. It was just so beautiful. And it was also $1,600. So I'm, I did not buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked it up and I was with Mark Cohen, who's in our, who's in our group. He has a couple of, of these stylo art pens. And I was like, Ooh, this one is great. And Mark was like, you have good taste, sir. <laughs> that is the most expensive of, of these fountain pens. So I met the guy, um, the guy who runs it. He was really, really great. Um, Mark always brings like, hand roasted he roasts his own coffee he brings coffee with him to these things to give to his favorite vendors so they all call him coffee mark oh yeah. <laughs> what a cool thing <laughs> to do yeah yeah um and yeah mark and i got to sit down a little bit um he showed me his like he keeps all of his fancy fountain pens in like this little like folio case it looks like it's on the black market or something like legit yeah. like thirty thousand dollars worth of fountain pens in this little case when i was when johnny and i were at the dc show it made me want to go get like a jacket, like a leather jacket and like make the inside of the leather jacket like those folio things. Yeah. When I go to those, just like, <laughs> you know, like hey, open up my jacket hey, and like, have all these pens lining the inside. Like I like watches on one side and yeah. pens on the other. So, so, <laughs> so Mark introduced me to this, um, this fountain pen I have seen pictures of before, I guess. Um, it's, it's made by Pilot or it was made by Pilot in the 70s. Uh, Pilot being a like upscale Japanese fountain pen manufacturer. Um, and they have you ever heard, heard of the Murex pens? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. So um, they're basically how do I describe it? So the nib and the barrel are one continuous piece of metal, like one continuous piece of steel, and okay. it's just really gorgeous and really streamlined. And the trouble is, is I guess if you like break your nib, like you're just screwed because your pen's broken. Mm-hmm. But um, they were made in the '70s, and they were just like collected and sought after and then they stopped making them and they made they in the 2000s they re-released like like 9000 of them called like the M90s or something like that. I'm probably getting all these wrong and I'm sorry pen people. Please correct me. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure somebody will correct me. Um but really I just thought they were beautiful. I love the streamlined look of these these pens. Um and they're also like 
four to six hundred dollars, so I'm not <laughs> going to get some, <laughs> but I'll just look at them. Like how every anecdote ends with, but it's also like yeah. seven hundred dollars, so like, I didn't buy. <laughs> gosh darn it, pencils! Pencils. <laughs> pencils are cheap. I'm like man, these things are expensive. They're two bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I also met. Um, this guy named Taizo Yamamoto, uh, Bruce Eamon, uh, kind of brought him around. And this is a Japanese stationary podcaster. So that was kind of fun. Cool. I get my, my picture with him and with Brad, just like, you know, two American and one, one Japanese stationary podcaster. And mm-hmm. Taizo has this really cool business that he's working on um, with Bruce called Paper Tasting. And what he does is he sells samples of these really unique Japanese papers um, and he has them in volumes. So he has like three different yellow papers. And one of them is like this really thick textured kind of like, like bubbly paper, I guess. One is like a thin, like newsprint paper. And one is like a more of a, like embossed paper. And he, he just talks a little bit about it. And then each of these packs come with, I want to say like 20 sheets. So you can just like really just test them out. So he's going to release it in the um, in the fall, and I'm going to take some pictures and review it on Wood Clenched, because you know they're they're definitely like optimized for fountain pens and for like art stuff. But I'm totally interested to know what it's like with with pencil, because like Tomoe paper, like everybody goes gaga over that at these pen shows, but like they're just not good with pencils. So mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan. But yeah, that was fun. Um, we set up a um, like at the end of the pen show. Uh, on Saturday, Brad had like this this pen attic meetup, and he had different stations, like different tables in this room where, you know, somebody Anna was over here talking about like colored pencils, and somebody was over here talking about fountain pens, and I brought a bunch of pencils with me and set up a table, like a little pencil table. So it was really fun, and I discovered that the perfect sort of like gateway pencil for fountain pen people are the jumbo Itoya pencils. So I I don't know why. I think it's because it's like thick like a fountain pen and it's also just really smooth and dark. Super smooth, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like there was this one guy who was kind of sitting... Makes sense. Qu- yeah, yeah, he was sitting quietly like at, at the end and I was like, hey, do you want to try any of these? And he's like, uh, I'm not really... I don't really like pencils that much. I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> challenge accepted. So, <laughs> I don't want to get my hands messy. Yeah, so I tossed him over this, this pencil. Mm-hmm. I j- just freshly sharpened from that um, that like jumbo long point sharpener the crank one i can never remember which one that is oh uh, uh, yeah that one the doll yeah 133 is that it is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah i think so yeah yeah so i sharpened it up and gave it to him and he's like "Ooh, this is really nice so i was i was just using one of those uh jumbo castell 9000 2b's yeah i feel like that would be have like a similar yeah kind of effect cuz it and it looks so yeah. yeah, that's a beast. Like, sexy and fancy. Those things are... So I wonder if there's... Awesome. Th- yeah, there's like a, th- a thought around like jumbo pencils and if they're good for fountain pen people because most fountain pens are like kind of that thickness, right? So... Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. I met um, a bunch of people. I met Micah Thomas, who's in our group. I met John uh, Banyan, who's in our group. Um, several other people. And it was it was just a really great time, even if it wasn't specifically like pencil related. Um. Had a, sold a lot of Notco cases, so you're welcome, Brad. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So yeah, that was my that was my pen show experience. Um, I did want to mention that uh, our group has 
has hit a milestone. We hit uh, 2,000 members, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Like, who would have thought? I think I think you created the group like like three years ago now, right, Tim? Like, yeah, like I mean, you set it, was it up just and yeah, right after we had started. Yeah, basically. it's so good, and yeah, it's an amazing community. So we're doing. I think by the time this episode comes out, we will have picked our uh, giveaway winners. But we're basically taking picking three people who comment on a post after we reach two thousand, and uh, the three of us are selecting four pencils to put into these three different packs. So we're going to have a, what did you call it? A dreamy dozen, Johnny? <laughs> magic dozen. Oh, did I call it that? You called it like a magic, magic dozen, I think. But magic dozen. I like dreamy it's dozen. The dreamers dozen. <laughs> Dream, right? The dreamers dozen. Like I'm just going to give you four different kinds of Wopex. Yeah. <laughs> now that would get really expensive to ship. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> yeah, weighed down. Um, 30 bucks shipment internationally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the last thing I'll mention um, is the CW Back to School pencil box. Did you guys get get this? Nope. It's a. Uh, I forgot it exists. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's all right. I I can't. I'm I'm still getting them. They th- this one was really good. Like I know that before, it feels like it's been a little hard to reach um, to kind of like hit that value because like there's just not that many pencils in it. But this one has some really cool stuff in it. Um, there's this cool old-fashioned handwriting tablet that has that old paper. You know, like when you're learning how to like write cursive, you have that those lines with like, like with the dotted line in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has a sheet of that. Um, yeah, it's it has a lot of cool stuff in it. I'll uh, I'll I'll refer everybody to uh, Mike Hagen and D. Scolardi's unboxing videos of it. That is it for me for Fresh Points. How about you, Johnny? Um, so, as I alluded to earlier, there are Thoreau pencils that have existed for like two years. And I can't believe we, we didn't know about it. Them. Yeah. So, there's a company called Analog Supply Company, and they make a lot of like things to write on. So, they also have these pencils that look like they're made by Musgrave. I put a, there's a link to a review I just wrote this morning. So, like, Raw, full hex, super dry pencils. They're pretty nice. Yeah. But I say Thoreau, very small, and it's very near the business end. So pretty soon they will no longer be a Thoreau pencil. That's a really weird place to put it. Yeah. I mean, they look like they're just analog supply company, very big, and then Thoreau, very small. I guess if you you know took the ferrule off a sharp on the other end, that'd be much nicer. Yeah. Which I will do next. But um, yeah, they're really cool. They're one of those pencils that smell very woody, but they're not cedar. It sort of smells like going to Ikea. Yeah. Or uh, Home Depot. So that's pretty cool. And I just like there's there's an existence of Thoreau pencil. Um, and my daughter went to school this week, sad face. But um, it was a lot of parents, I'm sure, experienced. They do a sort of, um, what do they call it, the communist classroom or so, whatever people call it yeah. where um you know y'all bring a bunch <laughs> of pencils in and they put them in a big stash that's for everybody yeah so like, we brought yeah, in she's not gonna do that <laughs> yeah we brought in ub pencils because ub pencils are really good pencils and i like that they give stuff to schools does your classroom and, do that tim or is it different in, in high school in high school it's different yeah okay they just done for yourselves yeah little scavengers yeah 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 she she got all um you buy uh 
composition books, even though they're kind of expensive, but they're so nice. Yeah. But um, she she like took her own pencils and took my only pearl that has the trees and black before they've redubbed them, which I think we'll talk about later, or restamped them in gold. So I had to do some trading to get another one back. But um, yeah, Charlotte was like very excited to have her own blackwing pearl that was very new to take to school. Nice. And um, a Ravenclaw pin because she took the sorting test and got into Ravenclaw <laughs> with Daddy. So we were matching Ravenclaw pins. <laughs> what is involved awesome. in the sorting test? Oh, have you joined um, Pottermore? Uh-uh. It's like the official Harry Potter web portal. So, I mean, you know, if you've read the books at a certain point, you kind of know where they're going. Yeah. With the questions. But then, like, pick an animal. And it's like all these animals are like, um, I don't know. <laughs> Raven. <laughs> green, green owl. And then at the end, they're like, congratulations. You're like the most awesome house. You're in Ravenclaw. You're not brave, mean, or dumb. So. <laughs> yeah, like people who get put into Slytherin, they're like, no, no, come on. Your Frankie got in a Hufflepuff. I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Which one is Hufflepuff? Like, what is their. Yeah, most- exactly. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Cedric Diggory and Newt's commander, but he was. And not Frankie in the Gamble. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's in Hufflepuff because they answer the questions like, in an ideal world, I would be this nice. But, like, no, be honest. You're not that nice. Like, <laughs> you think that, that dumb people have what and get what's coming to them. That's terrible. How <laughs> uh, deeply you thought about this. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in other news, so I mentioned earlier, I got to see Mr. Chris Roth today. And Write Notepads has a new product out, which I might have right here. They have a black version of their pocket ledger, which is really awesome. It's sort of... um. Matte black, like it's not rubbery, but it's rubbery. And the inside is gray. The inside of the cover is gray. And the rest of the notebook is the same, the same price point and all. But, you know, if they made a reporter notebook out of that black, oh my. How does that be so nice? You say it's kind of rubbery. Is it kind of like, does it feel like like a drink local field notes? Like that kind of rubbery? No, oh, that'd I be mean, awesome. It's like, it's papery, but something's up with the way they coated it in ink. It's like an aqueous cover or whatever they call it. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> There's some cover that they call like an aqueous cover that like an ink that I think is like that. Yeah. It's really pretty. I like it. Yeah. Dig. Nice. But um, yeah, and nobody's got the new fall stuff out yet. So hopefully in our next episode, we'll have lots to talk about, about yeah. that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's all I got. How about you, Tim? Well, um, first thing I wanted to bring up was the, uh, wanted to talk about the updated black wings like the flagship black wings the the main three not the uh, the volumes edition so if you haven't seen this yet uh black wing has updated all three kind of minor changes but i think i don't know you guys can disagree but i think they are changes that make perfect sense uh, especially the black wing 602 which they've now uh, paired with a pink eraser finally which is what which is what everyone wanted <laughs> yeah. Uh, always. I, I bet they're like. I bet they had to hold themselves back from being like, yeah, but we're kind of doing well selling all these packs of pink erasers right. that everybody's putting yeah. on our. Uh, but it was a it was a good call, and that's that's is about time. I think didn't it uh, line up perfectly with them selling out the uh, the Chuck Jones edition or something like that? Did, I think so. Oh, yeah. 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 I, think yeah, I right. saw that. On the, 
in the group somewhere. Somebody mentioned they're like, oh, and they also have sold out of those. So they're, <laughs> they got very. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, yeah. So that's definitely, definitely a good choice. And then now it's just more streamlined, where the Pearl has a white, uh, white eraser, and the MMX has a black eraser. So I don't know. I just, what do you guys think? I mean, they seem like they all seem like good changes to me. But. Yeah, I I do think that they're um, well, and also the pearl is going to a gold stamp instead of the black yep. stamp. And oh yeah, it's fantastic. I I think yeah, they're just yeah. sort of like streamlining, thinking about like the kind of continuity of these products. I'm hoping they're getting everything in line to release a fourth one. Yes, that is completely. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting a rumor that doesn't actually like have any basis in reality <laughs> yet. So I'm. Well, uh, I, I, you're I fake think news. Made now. a lot of yeah. <laughs> I'm fake news. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I I think that. Yeah, I mean, they have to have something with this extra firm core because people just love it, and I think they don't want to yeah, sit yeah. around and wait for the, um, like wait for the special editions to have it. But I think what the common like hopes and prayers are is that it's going to be a natural black wing bringing back the sort of like 211 look but with a extra firm core so that's that's what the internet silver pharaoh and pinky racer yes that's what pencil (laughs) pencil internet wants (laughs) my only fear is if they come out with that that would be the perfect black wing and volume subscriptions would just be like why uh, don't underestimate uh, the power yeah, of people wanting limited things. Limited the power of. I mean, war. I will still subscribe. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. So I wrote. I wrote about this on my blog like late last night. I feel like now that they're all lined up and they took off the black band, it says Blackwing Pearl, Blackwing Six Hundred Two, and then just Blackwing on the black one. Like I want that son of a bitch to say MMX on it so bad. <laughs> I, I know you do. I think uh, like, it bothers <laughs> me. Or when say we're doing something. Our- say like. Blackwing Dark or something. When we're doing our <laughs> hashtag campaign to get Tim elected to do the voice of Pencil mm-hmm, Perfect, mm-hmm. I think we need to do um, get them to bring the MMX to. And you know what? When they do it, everybody's going to rush out to buy the ones that are out now, and then everyone's going to buy a box of MMX. So we'll make them like a crap ton of money. <laughs> everybody's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody on, wins. Dudes. It's all figured out. We've got it all settled here, yeah. and we, we'll only charge like a small royalty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just do, just a gross of pencils, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pay us in graphite every <laughs> week for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> every year, every year, be good. Nice. So, just wanted to mention that. And uh, next thing was. Something I, I meant to mention on the last episode is I was going to bring up Exceed Notebooks, which I know Michael Hagen's talked about in the group, mm-hmm. um, which are essentially moleskin knockoffs that are being sold at Walmart now, but also kind of not, which is kind of sad. Uh, during Back to School, they had all these notebooks. There were I, I saw three different sizes. There was a large, uh, I guess, sort of 7 by 10-ish size. Uh, that was a softback with a band, like a. It looked like looked like the softback moleskin notebooks. And then there was an A5 size uh, that was, you know, kind of thicker, I guess, because it's just cheaper. And then when they make them cheaper, they tend to be a little, little thicker, a little chunkier, kind of like a Piccadilly or something. Yeah. And then there was a small hardback pocket notebook, and the prices were super affordable. I mean, it was like twelve bucks. For the big softback one, 
uh, I think they're all lined, by the way. And then uh, $8 for the hardback A5 and then $5 for the, the pocket size. And they're pretty good, pretty good uh, good quality paper. And I had gotten one of the pocket notebooks to take home because I, I always love having something like that on me. And so I just figured I'd buy it and have it as a, as a backup or, a, or as a pocket notebook and waiting. But then I went back to Walmart with uh, to get supplies for my classroom because we get like a allotment of funds to use and all of the exceed stuff is moved to the clearance section. So if you have a Walmart nearby and you want to check these, you'll have to go to the clearance section, which yeah. is sad because they won't have them on the shelf, but but the large XL, the softback size are only five bucks. And so I might have bought a dozen of them uh, for my own use and to give to students. So if you're interested in those, check the clearance section before they're gone. They're really nice notebooks. I really like them. The paper's pretty, uh, pretty decent. It's kind of inconsistent, kind of like Piccadilly, but, um, but overall, especially for using pencil, they're yeah. pretty nice. They're all lined and it's pretty, uh, narrow lining, which I don't love that part of it. I wish they were just a little bigger. It's all, it's like even smaller than a college rule sort of, Yeah. but, uh, but they're cool notebooks. So check those out. Um, have you all seen the Game of Thrones pencil sculptures? Did somebody post this in the group? I what? think no? so. You seen this? Okay. So it's if those, you click on that. It's like those things that go around where people like carve things into the lead of yes. like the core pencils. Yeah. Yes. So if you Yeah, so I, I put a link and the link will take you to the one that is just I mean it's just unbelievable, which is the the throne. Like yeah. the actual sword throne and they're all carved into the graphite on the end of a pencil you can go through and you can look and he shows even some like lapses of how it starts and how he finishes it and yeah they're outrageous he, they're he's carving it under a microscope yeah unbelievable <laughs> yeah uh so it's a it's an article on cnet so if you are interested in those pencil carvings or Game of Thrones or whatever, you should check that out because they're really, really amazing. I don't know what else to say about them, but (laughs) they're just, those things always blow my mind. Uh, And then lastly, this is the reason why I'm writing on the back of an envelope right now, is that uh, I was given for my birthday a couple weeks ago a book called uh, Emily Dickinson, by Emily Dickinson called The Envelope Poems, which uh, they found this stash of poems that she'd written on the back of used envelopes basically that she had gotten letters from people and she'd save the envelopes and she would just jot these like crazy little minimalist poems on the back of these small envelopes and so what the book does is each page you open it up and on the left is a photograph uh, very like high res photograph of the envelope itself yeah and and I would say on 95% of these envelopes they're all written in pencil like mm. all the the poems themselves are in pencil so it's really cool kind of like pencil porn on the back of these uh, envelopes and on the right side they drew like an exact outline of the edges of the uh, envelope and the even the uh, the flap that's been yeah i guess paste pasted down and it's still there and so they they outline it exactly even the tears and everything and then they transcribe her handwriting onto the spot where it is on the envelope itself that's cool really awesome did she it's this little did yeah. she write them on the back of a notebook because she was in a hurry because she couldn't stop for death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was in a hurry getting upstairs or downstairs, whatever. It's you know, the only two places she ever went. Yeah. <laughs> in her house, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So she, 
it's really be it's a really beautiful book and it's a little hardback i mean it's like i mean i think it's like 12 bucks on amazon but actually the uh the kindle book is i don't know if this is the normal price or if it's on sale but you can get it for a dollar 99 right now hmm. uh, on amazon so we'll have a link and so you, you can get it on kindle and open it up on your i assume if you open it up on your uh iPad or something or computer, you can see the color images. I would hope so yeah. that they would leave them in color and it wouldn't be some sort of weird e-ink version of it. But yeah. still, it is totally worth worth it if you love poetry, if you love Emily Dickinson, uh, but also just to, these really cool, I mean, hundred and fifty year old penciled poems on the back of envelopes. So, yeah, uh, yeah, check it out. The poems are all really short and cryptic and crazy i love them so yeah uh, but that's it for me so cool. uh why don't we get into the main topic now it's time for our main topic and today like we mentioned earlier we're going to be talking about a beginner's guide to pencils we want this episode to be something that we can point people towards if they are curious about kind of taking the plunge into good pencils and to help them know like what is out there what's the first step of what's out there beyond big box stores and things that you can find uh, just out and about in town. So, or at more common places, I should say. So we're going to talk about uh, things you should consider if you're thinking about getting into pencils. They'll help you guide kind of what you're looking for and what would, uh, where to start in that sense, as far as what kinds of things you're looking for. We're going to talk about pencils for beginners, erasers, sharpeners, and kind of miscellaneous. And we've just each made a few choices of each that we'll justify and argue about as we go. I'm sure it'll get really, so, really tense and somebody's going to just leave in tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Not me. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a failure if it didn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk, start with the things to consider and let's start with the question of just asking. Uh, what will you use your pencil for? So, what do you guys think about that question? Like, what what kind of possibilities come to mind? I think I think that's a big one for you know if somebody's like I'm really thinking about getting into pencils and which one should I get? Like, that's kind of a big thing I ask. Like, are you? Do you think you're going to be writing mostly with this? Do you think you're going to be drawing mostly with your pencils? Um, because I think that will definitely affect your choices. Um, just because. There, I mean, there are just like so many more different varieties of like pencils for drawing out there, mm -hmm. and for for writing, it's really mostly about just like what feels best in your hand and what like you know how how it feels when you're writing it down. Because like you know, do you like a do you like a darker mark for you know it's going to be a little bit smoother and more buttery, or do you like something harder that you don't have to sh sharpen too often? So, I guess when I think of that kind of first question to ask somebody when they're asking for pencil recommendations. This is the question I ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even like what kind of writing, like you're going to write in your journal or yeah. post notes or like long form writing. Yeah. I don't do a lot of long form writing with my pencils. I mostly just write short form notes and to do lists and little like diagrams and things. So um, definitely like, there's a previous episode with Harry Marks on it where he talks a lot about like, you know, he handwrites novels with pencils, which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, we basically talked about like the best pencils for long form writing. And that's just not a big deal to me because I don't write more than like a page or two at a time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then kind of to to piggyback on that, you can ask like, how often are you going to use them? Like you're yeah. saying, Andy, like you you use yours every day, but you don't use them. Yeah, a lot. So just in like fits that, and starts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that can affect it with, you know, if you're that kind of a user, you could jump right up to the black wings and like the sort of high dollar nicer pencils because you know that buying a dozen of those is going to last you forever. Yeah, right. It's yeah. going to last a super long time. You're not going to wear so it down. Yeah, that's something something to consider. And yeah, the art pencils, like whether you're if you're an artist, it's like a whole different world where there are whole websites and things that. Um, are devoted just to that, where you're not going to find good long-form writing pencils. You're just going to find yeah. art supplies, yeah, basically, which um, seems to be the, I mean, yeah, maybe the dominant world of nice pencils is in is in art supplies, and then writers often are just borrowing from those. Well, they they definitely like I feel like get like they they take advantage of pencils in different hardness scales more like you know writers uh-huh. generally have sort of their preferred hardness whether that's hb or 2b or or whatever um mm-hmm. but when you're when you're drawing with it um you definitely like you know switch between some of those pencils because they leave different marks and they're for different purposes so yeah it's yeah. almost weird to think about them as like the hardnesses having different purposes because it definitely for me is for somebody who just writes I don't draw I mean it's definitely a preference thing where it's yeah. like wait oh, those all like are if textbooks on drawing will say certain things about those different hardnesses that they're good for different you know types of drawing or parts of a drawing so it's yeah. like it's even weird for me to think about that yeah what are the things to consider in here is uh, where will you use these pencils? Um, or where would where would you use pencils typically? Like in a cafe, or a car, or a desk, or <laughs> somebody put somebody put a cell, cell in the in the notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, do you have any thoughts about like the differences in the pencils you would want to get between these different places? So I think if you're you know if you're closer to a sharpener or a desk sharpener, um, or even you know a cafe where you have. S- a space to spread out your crap. Yeah. You could get away with darker pencils, but, um, you know, in the car, you want something that's not going to break, not going to get dull. Cause you might leave that pencil in there for a year before you remember, Oh crap, I got to sharpen the car pencil. <laughs> yeah. Unless you keep one of the sharpener in your car, in which case that's awesome. I mean, no judgment. I have one of my keychain, So that's kind of in the, my car. Yeah. <laughs> I have two in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Gosh, my, just at my, I think I have one in the car, but I was sitting at my desk the other day at work and realized how many pencils I had within an arm's length of, or how, how many uh, sharpeners I had within an arm's length. Uh-huh. I, I counted like 13. Wow. Just like at my desk <laughs> at school. Like I, I still have some wow. here, but I was like, I just lose track of them. I open my drawer and I'm like, wait, there's one. There's another one. There's another one. There are three on my desk. Hey, look behind <laughs> me. There's one right over there. I was just like, I didn't even realize that. I was like kind of shocking myself. Yeah. So when I ask my students, like, how many pencil sharpeners do you think I have on my desk? <laughs> so I'll give you a bonus point if you guess it right. But. <laughs> Thirteen. So this <laughs> one, um, I uh, like the the next thing. People were asking me a lot of the pen show uh, about the hardness scale. Um, hold on a second here. And they were like, you know, what does the number two mean? What does the HB mean? What are these things? Um, does anybody want to take a stab at the hardness scale, or should I should I go with that? I feel like Johnny should take this one. Yeah. The hardness scale? Yeah. Just uh, okay. ex- explain the different numbers on the pencil and what that means. So roughly, the hardness scale is going to be 
the varying ratio of powdered clay to powdered graphite before they you know mix it with water and bake it and then put in whatever oils or waxes or additives. So H is, I've always read that it was hard, but someone said it stood for hard muth, and then B stands for black, but someone also said it stood for something else. But let's just say it's H for hard and B for black. So in the middle, you have HB, which is hard black. And then as you go higher in the H scale, you get harder because it has more clay. Um, most grades don't go past like six, but I think I've seen like nine H pencils, which are basically a nail. Um, yeah. And then on the B side, they get a lot softer, which usually is by artists. And a lot of people in our group seem to like up to 2B. And yeah. they usually go six or eight, sometimes 10, if you're Tim, 10B, which is like almost pure eight. graphite. Yeah. Um, and then there's F, which is between... Uh, H and HB, which stands for fine or firm, which is like a number two and a half pencil, which we did a whole episode about. So, um, yeah, that's how they work. And then, you know, the softer they are, the more you're going to have to sharpen because they're going to get softer and get dull. And usually they smear a little more. Um, The hard ones indent your paper. So even if we erase, sometimes there's a little, you know, ghost of what you did. Yeah. So there's always a trade-off. So a lot of people. That's that's why there's everybody centers HB. It's a good mm-hmm. amount of darkness, erasability, um, stability, and uh, point durability. And, a lot and of I, abilities. And I feel like for generally, like especially people in the group, they tend to trend more toward like a two B generally. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I I know that I'll if given the choice, I pick up. I'd rather pick up a two B rather than like an HB. But yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. it's something to kind of look for, and and oftentimes I feel like, I feel like if there is a pencil that is available in a two B, that is kind of a good sign that it's going to be a good quality pencil because generally, like th- it seems like they care about your writing experience, right? Like there's a lot of Japanese pencils that are only available like in in two B rather than H B, and mm. generally because they know that people tend to like it to be a little bit darker, so. American pencils um, generally tend to be an HB, and of course they use the American hardness scale, which is, that's a number two. Um, that's where a number two pencil comes from. And so I feel like generally, like, it's a kind of a good signal that you're getting a good quality pencil if you can get it in 2B, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen a few American pencils that are rated grade zero 2B. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny, I like that. There's some there's some funky ones. So like a number one pencil is harder. Is that correct? Softer. So it's softer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also some really just funky like I think vintage Ticonderogas sometimes say that this pencil is number two and five tenths, which <laughs> makes no sense because five tenths wasn't is one a, half. Yeah. Wasn't it a patent thing like naming? Yeah, that was pencils? like a trade. Yeah, they all had a different trademarked fraction yeah. or decimal. Yeah. yeah, two was so weird. Two and three eighths. That was yeah, Mongol. Yeah, it's like the opposite of a uh, the opposite of standardizing. Yeah, business things like yeah. the, like everybody can have common language. It's like no, we <laughs> we have that decimal point, so you can't sue <laughs> trademark. So you can't. My two point four seven will beat your two point six any day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one one thing to note for people who. Uh, have a black wing but they just don't know much about it is that um, black wing does not grade their pencils they will not tell you what you know level of b it is just because it's like 
they just you know you don't have to do that and i think they they just like don't care <laughs> so yeah well there's, there's something <laughs> there's definitely something to be said for not really paying attention to that too which is like yeah instead of worrying about numbers or grades or it's like this is a yeah we like how this feels this yeah. is good let's leave it here it's yeah. always it's always kind of felt like a like an apple thing to do like an apple computer you know they mm-hmm. they're like we're gonna make these decisions for you because we we know what we're doing and trust us you know right that's very apple like philosophy mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah so i'd really be interested to know um you know what what you guys look for in a good pencil like like even if it's not specifically like a really high quality pencil which can often be indicated by the price or whatever like what if you're just like in a office store office supply store and looking at a pencil like what makes you say oh that's a nice pencil hmm. Hmm. well the centering of the core is a big one yeah yep. you're always looking to see if the if the core is nice and centered because if it's not and it's an easy thing to recognize you stare at the bottom of a pencil and if it seems like the the core is off center at all um, you're going to end up with some problems like you'd either end up with uh, it breaking as you sharpen because it's not in there evenly, uh, or you're going to end up with uh, what's the? Do we use the term canoeing? Is that what we? I, I think I, I used to think say, so. That's such a good term. Yeah, like it's like if it's sharpening only on one side, so on one side you've got a long exposed section of lead, but on the, on the other side the graphite's covered up by wood that's overlapping, so it's uneven. So it's yeah, that's, you can see like it's canoeing because you're like scooping out yeah uh, graphite. So that's and that's a big problem because that's that can be super annoying so that's that's the that's the biggest one for me um, and then of course i'm sure you both would agree on uh, just wood type uh, paying yeah. attention to the to the quality of the wood it's a it's something like generally if you can pick out a grain in the wood like if you notice like some grain in there you know that it's not reconstituted wood um mm-hmm. with with the exception of our our friend the wopex which is made from like a a plastic wood composite uh, and therefore is supposed to like not have a grain and look like that. Um, friend of the podcast. Yeah, fr- friend of the show, Wilpex. <laughs> friend of Johnny. Good friend. Good yeah. friend. This, <laughs> so, this episode so, so, is brought to you by the Wilpex. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some pencils, for example, the, um, the Bic Extra Fun pencils that you can find at Target, they have this like dyed, uh, dyed colored wood. So, like the wood in the middle is bright pink or something like that, and they they look extra fun. Um, but often, when you see something like that, it's kind of a good indicator that it's probably not going to be the greatest pencil in the world. Because what happened with that wood is they ground it all to pulp, to sawdust, and dyed it, and then reconstituted it and pressed it back together. So um, it's not they didn't use like the traditional like slat method where they have cedar slats provide provided by California Cedar Products and then sandwich that over um, over and under like a, a lead and then kind of carve that away. So it's it's easier to make that way, but also like the quality often suffers because they generally use a harder graphite core so it doesn't break. And they use a special, they usually use like a special binding agent. Am I right about that, Johnny, instead of just glue? Um, oh, I don't know about the binding agent, but usually the cores are um, like a pop polymer based instead of ceramic based yeah they're more like um, a really thick really hard uh, mechanical pencil lid yeah so they it just feel off yeah they don't they don't feel it feels really cheap like you're just rubbing off like yeah like plastic color instead of you know graphite yeah. um 
So yeah, so if you see anything that where you can't really detect the wood grain, or sometimes if the wood grain just seems way too light, like it's almost white instead of wood colored, um, that usually means it's kind of a cheap wood. There's some exceptions yeah. to that, but and even some of them, like you can't see where the two slats come together. Yeah, right. Like yeah. where it's it's hard to tell like where they were where they were connected. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just yeah. molded around it kind and, of thing. But and so I often think like some people look at a pencil where you can clearly see the demarcation between the two slats, like the wood grains are kind of going off in opposite directions, mm-hmm. and that that kind of like doesn't look great. But honestly, it's it's fine because you know that it's the process is good. They're just using probably different slats from different you know different trees, trees yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I'm always like fine with something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I gen- character. Yeah, it does. I generally in a ferrule, like in a pencil with a ferrule and an eraser, the ferrule of course is that metal clamp that holds the eraser to your pencil. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like good indicators of quality there. Um, no paint overlap. Yeah. Like sometimes it seems like they just like jam into the barrel and like it just gets just kind of sloppy instead of like properly clamping it on. But yeah, yeah. that doesn't well, happen. Yeah. This sounds this might sound like insane and really picky, but like with which I know I'm in good company here yeah. for this yeah. kind of sort of thing. But uh when I if I have if I can, if there's an eraser on the pencil, I like squeeze it. Yeah. <laughs> in the store yeah, that's good and point. feel it because there's such a huge difference in like the really uh pencils that don't have good erasers, you can tell right away, like they might be like cut really sharply or it might just like not really have much give. But then I always think of like the perfect example being the general's uh test scoring 580 mm-hmm. like if you're holding one of those that that eraser is always like so perfect like it's like supple soft perfect eraser but um because i like having erasers that uh, you know work yeah 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 or like the, the way ticonderogas look a little rounded off like you hinted at mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah they tumble them they're a little softer they work a little nice more nicely so this is i guess sure. a a thing that's kind of a good a good measure it of if a pencil company is like detail oriented and thinking about sort of the aesthetics of their pencil is if this is something I always think if the ferrule has like a little stripe of color on it. So kind of like a Ticonderoga, even though mm-hmm. at this point that's kind of their trademark. So they might be an exception, but you know, like the golden bears have a, like a little color stripe on their ferrule. A couple others do. I always think that's just a good indicator that they're kind of like, they're going the extra mile to add a little like pop of color and making something unique. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, and it's not yeah. often you see that, but as far as markings, markings as well. Uh, if you are somewhere and you're looking at pencils and you see like this cute little set of pencils and there's nothing on them, I feel like usually if if there's nothing written on the mm-hmm. side, there's no markings. There's no nobody's taken ownership of it. That that's probably not a good sign. Yeah. They're probably going to be. And not not all the time, of course, but you check those other things we're talking about, but like they're probably going to be kind of yeah. crappy. Um, the 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 best pencils. I mean, you think about. I mean, uh, Faber Castell comes to mind because it seems like there's so much written on the side. You know, it's yeah. like so busy, and there's all this stuff going on, and that's because they they're proud of their work and they want you to know exactly what you're using. Yeah, they sign it. You get the 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 number of the type of pencil, like the model number or whatever, and then the hardness level and then the name and it's usually got some kind of cool uh imprint or whatever so yeah um i i like to think like unlike fountain pens like people 
people who like fountain pens usually know like exactly where their fountain pen came from, who made it, mm-hmm. where their ink came from, all this stuff. And one of the things I tell people is, you know, the world of pencil manufacturing is much, um, it's much shadier than that. Like often, <laughs> like you don't know who supplied the wood and who supplied like that wood to like where the graphite came from and then who put that together and then who put the imprint on it. And like, it, there's just a lot more involved. And I kind of explain it, you know, people, if you've ever taken an economics class, they probably read that like Milton Friedman essay, I pencil. That's basically, you know, about how, a pencil is sort of the perfect representation of a global economy because like no one person can make a pencil. And I, I, I usually tell them like, that's so it's good and bad. Like, you know, it's, it takes a village, a global village to make a pencil, but at the same time, sometimes you can't like really tightly control your supply chain. And, you know, people like, like Charles from um, Blackwing can, cause he is part of the supply chain for a lot of people and he kind of knows how that works. But, um, if you're just like a, a little guy and you just want to slap your branding on a pencil and like you can go to Musgrave, which is great. But if, if you don't use Musgrave, you're probably on your own. Like there's like, you're not going to be sure where that pencil is coming from. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of good, I feel like we covered a lot of good ground there, especially covering like the good stuff. And then the bad stuff is kind of implied through there. Yeah. You know, like I feel like we, uh, in absence of any of those things, yeah. you're kind of looking at a bad pencil. But um, one thing I think before we get into our specifics of pencils and erasers and everything is that it would be worth it if somebody is really just starting here to give them where to go, like specifics of like, mm. especially like on the internet, like yeah, you're you're in pretty good shape if you start here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna be too disappointed. So. I think natural first place to start is with cwpencils.com. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they nothing like, better. There's nothing better out there. Like there's there's a lot of like like pencils.com was a great great place to buy these jet pens mm-hmm. has a lot of great ones, but for sheer variety, I think that CW Pencils is just like best place to go and just like look through it all. And I guess yeah. the trouble is is that it might be pretty easy to get overwhelmed at CW Pencils uh, just because there's so much. But they have yeah. uh samplers don't they like they they do yeah they have, they have a bunch there's like five or six different like kind of sampler packs that yeah. they make i think and then but the, the other good thing about cw pencils is that you can buy one yeah totally right? like you can you can spend a dollar 75 on one of the yeah. thing that you think looks good and then you can try out 10 different pencils and you've only put you know you've only spent nine dollars or something and try them out and you're like oh i like this one so i'm gonna stick with that one which is which is huge, uh, yeah. a huge perk. Yeah, their shipping is reasonable. Their shipping yeah, is reasonable. And, and most things are like under $2, like most pencils. And, that's, and they are... Yeah. Yeah. And beautifully wrapped. Beautiful. They, oh, yeah. They show, yeah. They show, there's a lot of love and care that goes into all those. So as you so. can tell, we're... We're pretty pretty biased to CW pencils, but only because they've earned it, like earned our yeah, respect. They're, they're awesome. just so great. So... Yeah. Uh, so... CW pencils, uh, pencils.com and jet pens are, jet pens are good. Um, there's other stuff like, uh, there's, uh, pencils.jp, but they have this really screwy way to like (laughs) to pay. (laughs) Yeah. You have to like, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So you have to like 
mail it. You you put like cash into an envelope. You mail it to yourself, and it'll <laughs> yeah. get back to you. You deposit it in the bank. You write a check, but you write it out to this like guy in Washington State. And <laughs> exactly. He gets it, and he sends the money back to you, and then you get on PayPal, and you. Send it. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, but it is wacky, and you feel like you're being uh, have to like, pay with scammed. Dogecoin. Yeah. 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 You feel like you're being scammed, but yeah. like you're not. So. So uh, yeah, they they if you go to. Um, CW pencils, and if you go underneath pencils, there's a category category called pencil sets, and they have something like six different like kind of curated pencil sets. They have one for like crossword puzzles. They have one called deep cuts, which is kind of a great name, which I think is just oh yeah, like kind of more obscure like greats. They have a jumbo sampler pack. They have lefty sampler packs, which only means that the the uh, imprint is on the the other side. Sketchbook sampler packs, noting and note taking sampler packs, yeah, it's every and everything's under twenty bucks. Like it's it's really good. Um, and sampler pack, fun fact is how I sort of got into pencils. I I bought one from pencilthings dot um, dot com back in the day, and I was like, these are really great. So that was my first taste of it. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're walking around, you know, a random city, art shops are a good place to pick up sort of open stock different grades yeah yeah Stuff they like that. and honestly and if you are in a place that doesn't have um like like lots of good like little gift shops and art supply stores like if you have a staples or an office depot or a target um you can probably find i usually think like mars lumograph seemed to be at this point pretty ubiquitous like they're all over mm-hmm. the place and they are just very good quality pencils and uh i would add generals kimberly to yeah that. yeah so like you can find those at they have those at like hobby lobby kind yeah, of places yeah yeah michael's cool yeah well since we're already talking about like specific pencils why don't we just jump into our lists and just talk through uh these are choices for kind of that first step that we've been talking about uh and you just tell us what you picked and why you, why, why you picked it and andy why don't you just sure. keep going start yeah. start us out um, I guess that my my big picks for beginner, um, when I say like pencil beginners, I mean like people who are just starting to like want to go deep into pencils. Um, honestly, you probably have already, but if you haven't, um, check out some Black Wings. Like they are sort of like the quintessential like new um, new quality pencil, like boutique pencil, I should say. Like they're getting a lot bigger than they used to be. Uh, you can find them at like a lot of like museum gift shops and like little hipster boutiques and places like that. Um, yeah, they're not that expensive. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're not that expensive, especially if you can buy them in singles. Um, they're generally about like two bucks per pencil or $25 for a dozen. And they're just, they're just going to blow you away with the way that they look and the quality that they are and how well they write. Um, I think you probably already know this, but uh, the, the dark black one is the softest and then the silvery one is the middle and or no sorry the white one is the middle quality or hardness and then the silvery one is like the the hardest so yeah they're just still on the softer side yeah they're sort of the quintessential boutique pencil that you should check out and they're getting into being a lot more places too so that one and i kind of mentioned this before but yeah if you're at a like a big box office supply store they probably have mars lumographs there Mm-hmm. Um, just pick some of those yes. up. Yeah. Staples has them in the um, drafting section. Yeah, yeah. That with the regular pencils. 
and really like um yeah that's that's kind of the best kind of like easy entry good quality pencils around here so and one thing we forgot to mention with uh, and we should put a link in the show notes to this episode when we're talking about places to find pencils you should go to cartographite oh yeah which was oh yeah yeah uh yeah it's a good point created by members members of our group to uh yeah kind of crowdsource and gather up an amazing list of local shops that you can go to uh around the world Really. Yeah. So if you, and then if you end up finding a place, you can add it to Cartographite. And, yeah. Um, but check there as well. Yeah. I'll have that link in show notes. Cool. Hey, Johnny, uh, how about you? What are the pencils that make your list? So I would start with General Cedar Point because I think you could find them at, what, who has it? Michael's, um, Michael's Hobby Benson. Lobby, places like that. And they're also, they're super cheap on Amazon. For some reason, they only charge like five bucks. Hmm. Um, because they're American-made, they have a really nice core, a really nice eraser, they're not expensive. It's a good gateway into natural pencils, because I feel like people from our generation didn't use natural pencils when we were kids. They were all yellow or you know, glitter, or made of recycled tires or something. Um, and you know, nat- a natural pencil is a nice pleasure. So I would start with that pencil. Um, and I would go to, you know your big box store and find some Chinese unsharpened Ticonderogas to remind you that cheap pencils can also be very good pencils because the cedar Chinese Ticonderogas are super awesome. Hmm. Uh, especially the recent ones. You know, they're cheap right now. You probably get them for like two or three bucks. Um, Musgrave bugle because they're so naked. They're really cool. And they're also cheap, but you can only get them at CW that I'm aware of. And, um, the Wopex. We have to shout out for the Wopex. Wopex. Because should we? Do you want to explain to the people what the what a Wopex is? So a Wopex is a wooden pencil extrusion, um, sort of like those crappy pencils we had in the eighties, except that they're not crappy and are in fact awesome. They're um, they're made by Staedtler, and they're, they're made of they're really heavy. Yeah, they're wood flower, and then the finish is also extruded. So the finish is usually either rubbery or like plasticky. The green ones are plasticky. They have a really good eraser. They hold a point forever. I mean, they're not easy to sharpen, and they're not easy to love. But, but Johnny does. Yeah, 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 it could be it could be a, an eye opener. It could be that you're like, this is the worst piece of crap I've ever used, and everything else looks great to you now. But <laughs> you can try them. And um, yeah. for my last pick, I would say go to an art shop and try different grades of pencils. Absolutely. Because you'd be surprised that sometimes... Like, for instance, the Faber-Castell 9000 in 4B is the sweet spot. And it might not occur to folks to try a 4B pencil for writing. That, that's and a good so, point, too. Oh, sorry, go on, Tim. I think we're about to make the same point. I was just going to talk about the, like, uh, German, or, like, the, the European grades versus yeah. the American or Japanese yeah. grades. Yeah, is totally they're, they're, not all, they're not all equal. I mean, where are you going to go and you're going to try something? Like, you might try... Faber-Castell and you find that sweet spot Johnny was talking about where, like the 4B is really nice but then you'll notice that if you picked up some like Tombow Monos and did the same thing that a 2B might be uh, feel exactly the same as a 4B in yeah. European. So that's just how Fun fact, tends to be is that the yeah. grade the grading scale is not regulated by anybody so <laughs> yeah, it's we, need to, <laughs> we need to start that governing body of, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> there is no number two pencil. Or we can be like the whistleblowers and like get them in trouble for not. <laughs> right. Yeah. They have to they have to send it through us and have us like actually match <laughs> them up and be like, no, this is actually a two B, so this is <laughs> you need to re manufacture that entire We're like the MPAA but for pencils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you'll you'll notice that uh German European uh pencils tend to be on the harder side whereas uh, Japanese pencils uh, tend to the softer so yeah. uh, it's just worth worth re- remembering yeah you know? or I think for T- most people when we when we say I feel like most of the time when we say stuff about t- uh, 2B being a uh, like a nice spot that a lot of people like 2B pencils we're talking about uh, mo- for most people you're talking about Japanese 2B yeah yeah. Japanese pencils are like Tombow and Mitsubishi are just like some of the best and most consistent like quality pencils you can get. Like they're completely just gorgeous. The foil stamping on them are just like it's impeccable. Like they usually have really really great colors and just like a like a big old pressing of of the foil stamps. So they're just <laughs> gorgeous and the lacquer is really thick and plush and just lustrous. Yeah. Japanese pencils, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Japanese pencils, man. There's a there's another good episode title. Yeah. Tim, what is what are, what are your picks for beginner pencils? Uh, yeah, so I'll start with um, I I wanted to choose some that were like on the lower end as far as price, and then some that are just a little bit higher. It's all relative with pencils because they're not there's not that much of a difference, yeah. really. But the cheap option I wanted to recommend was the Forest Choice for a lot of the same reasons Ooh. that Johnny said Cedar Point. Um, they're they're harder to get. You have to get them through pencils.com or CW pencils, but uh, they're cheap. They're like three dollars a dozen. Yeah, and they are a, a natural pencil. They're made with uh, certified, like safe or what's the term? Like responsible uh, uh, forest responsibly pencil for, certified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Responsibly forest wood, uh, for, forested, or harvested woods. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and it's also just kind of a cool, funky-looking pencil that you can get yeah. into. And I mean, it's it's a natural pencil, but it's got like a Christmas eraser and ferrule, like green green ferrule, red eraser. Yeah, and um, it just has like a feel that I I might just think this because of Johnny's post about the Forest Choice and Hemingway. But I just like when I look at this, I'm like, it seems from another time, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, like this was this pencil could have been manufactured in 1910 or something yeah. and it would have looked just the same would have felt the same would have been the exact same pencil which is cool um, so i'm a big fan of these and you can buy a gross of my for the last few years i bought a gross of these and given them to students whenever they need pencils at school because uh, and they always love them they always come back and ask for more and you know and they just they sharpen really smoothly they're made of cedar so they're really high quality for that tiny price that you're getting and it's a true hb so it stays uh, holds a point for uh, quite a while sharpens really nicely i've never had a, a forest choice that's had a fractured core yet um i'm sure they're out there but i've never had one yeah so uh yeah so that's that's where i'd start uh with the forest choice and then is like kind of move up uh general's test scoring 580 is a really it's just a really cool pencil because it looks really unassuming. It's black. 
It's got a red uh, red eraser, silver ferrule, just simple. It just says General's Test Scoring 580. Real simple looking pencil. But you'll notice, if uh, just to get something that's a little different, if you get those, it has a softer core that probably is more like a B. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe 2B, but probably more like a B. But uh, you'll notice that the core is actually just a little bit thicker than most standard pencils. It's um, It's for filling in those standardized test bubbles. Yeah, 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 and it's uh, so it leaves a really nice dark line, um, but it also has the the bigger core. Which, when you have a bigger, uh, or at least you know, based on my my findings, is the bigger the core, uh, the smoother something feels because you're you're not. I don't know if it's like a vibrations thing in your yeah. hand, like we got, but the the larger the core in the center, like if you get these jumbos, like the Faber Castell jumbo pencils that have these big fat cores in the middle, it's like you don't even feel it. Even the harder pencils, you don't even feel it. So, big I'm a big fan of that. And that one's I don't know what is it twelve dollars a dozen, so it's a little yeah little up there. And then in the same price range, my my favorite pencil uh, ever, which is the Palomino HP, which um is available in a couple colors and it's it's not a not part of the Blackwing line. So here's um, the thing about about uh Blackwing is they they really they really they they started off as sort of like this this other like brand of pencils called the Palomino and they're like big title title I'm trying to think of what to say like the big marquee like head pencil was the Palomino pencil. Everything else was the Palomino you know something else and blackwing sort of like took over as the 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 star of that show but the palomino is still is still sort of like the the underappreciated just like old favorite of black of palomino pencils yeah yeah it's like it it is just like a perfect hb uh holds a nice point but it's soft it's a beautiful pencil with a really nice smooth finish and a good eraser on it i i i if this is the first episode you've listened to because somebody pointed it to you if you're getting into pencils, if you go back to episode one and start listening, you'll hear me talk about it every episode or two. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because it comes up quite a bit. Um, yeah. It's kind of a thing with me. Oh, and also, <laughs> it's, it's worth mentioning that Forest Choice is also made by the yes. uh, Palomino slash Blackwing slash Forest Choice slash you know, whatever yeah. uh, conglomerate of... of uh, boutique pencils <laughs> so they're they're they come from the same uh, yeah. company did i did i um i can't remember if i told you guys about the metaphor that i was working on for the pen show about the difference between collecting or getting into pencils versus getting into fountain pens is like the difference between coffee tasting and wine tasting have we talked about oh. this no no keep going so um you know the difference between like a crappy bottle of wine and a really, really amazing bottle of wine is hundreds of dollars, kind of like fountain pens, right? Because, like, you know, you could buy a Pilot Varsity fountain pen for $4 that's disposable, mm-hmm. or you could buy a really nice handmade Japanese fountain pen made with, like, eggshells and lacquer for $1,600. <laughs> but with pencils, like, the difference in price between a really good, like, pencil, um, like, the Palomino Blackwing is two dollars, and a really cheap one, which is just a like a like a quarter. Qu- so, quarter. Yeah. so or you have like the the Swiss wood or something. You're like, you get to the point where you're like, what? It's yeah. five dollars for what? Oh, well, that's still not bad. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, it's just five dollars. Yeah. So it's kind of like how you know coffee tasting is a like the difference between a like Folgers and a pound of really really good coffee is maybe like twenty bucks. So it's mm-hmm. much it's much more reasonable than the difference between like pens and wine. 
I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good comparison. <laughs> Um, and the, the the last uh, last thing on my list, and I, I for some reason in my head I always just bundle these together. They just seem so similar to me. Is the Tombow Mono and Mitsubishi Hayuni pencils? Mm. Um, they're just in the same world to me. Like they're they're pretty similar to each other. They're technically, I guess, drawing pencils. Yeah, um, they're almost exactly the same quality. Like yeah, they, they yeah, look yeah, significantly exactly. different, but they yeah. And you'll see like. Isn't there, is there, there's Mitsubishi Uni, right? Pencils. Yeah. And then High Uni. And then there's Mono and Mono 100, which are both like the lower and higher end version. But the cores are exactly the same. They're just like, you know, like the Mono 100 and High Uni are just like in their formal wear. And the yeah. other ones are just, you know, street clothes. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, they feel just about, but just about the same. But that's, if you want to get into the grades, I can't imagine a better place to be than trying out uh, through Tombow or Mitsubishi and both of those brands I think it I'd probably lean towards Tombow is that anything Tombow makes is is a uh, pretty awesome yeah so those nice, black and white highly pencils engineered. are just oh, they're just so mm. gorgeous yeah it's like tuxedo pencils yeah um cool well let's uh, now let's get into erasers so um just picking a couple erasers, which I have to admit for me, like this section, I've got one that I feel strongly about. And then after that, I just had to pick like my second favorite, but I don't use separate erasers very much. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but, um, Andy, let's, let's go back to you. So what, what are your picks? I, um, I, I kind of, I don't want to steal Johnny's thunder here. Um, <laughs> I, I picked any white polymer eraser as, as a good pick for that, because I think that a lot of people remember erasers as sort of like a big pink rubber eraser that leaves a lot of like, like once it gets old, it gets smeary. And then also if um, like it leaves a lot of residue, like dust behind. But the amazing thing about the polymer erasers are they are made out of like a plastic. Um, they hardly leave behind any residue. And unlike rubber erasers, they never go hard. Um I think that's that's something I, I got at the pen show a lot was people would be like, oh, I have, you know, these old pencils that I think are really cool, but the eraser, you can't use them. And I always say, well, what you could do is, you know, just if you have like a Dremel or some sandpaper, just like sand off that very top layer of of eraser because it's hard because it has oxidized. And if you get rid of that that thing, it should be good as new. So generally that they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Um, but if you go to an art supply store or... Right there with the Mars Lumograph, there are like white polymer erasers. Mm-hmm. They are, they'll be amazing. Like you won't know that this is the way an eraser could be. That said, yeah. there are some Pentel really makes really good ones too. Yeah, Pentel like the, has has the great. ones you can buy at Target and stuff. Those are those are fantastic. Yeah, they'll usually say like polymer, or sometimes they'll say like foam you know, or high that? polymer. High yeah. polymer, yeah, they're really good. Um, then on the other side, on the more of the rubber side, there's a couple. Um, there's the Black Pearl, uh, which is made by the same company that makes the Pink Pearl, uh, kind of a classic classic eraser. The Black Pearl is kind of like pebble-shaped and just feels really good in your hand and also has like a nice like narrow edge for fine erasing. That's a really good one. They should sell that at like Target or any big, big box store. Then my last pick, I guess, would be something that's a little bit more expensive, a little bit harder to find. They sell it at Pen Addict, or uh, Pen Addict is not a, at CW Pencils. Um, it is called the Magic Eraser. It's made by Koenor, uh, which is a, a Czech brand. Um, 
they it's just a really beautiful eraser like it's it's alternating layers it's almost like tie-dye of different colors of uh, eraser there's like white and yellow and green and blue and pink and red uh, orange it's just really great looking and it works really well too but that's mostly just something that's just beautiful to look at mm-hmm. yeah johnny what are your uh what are your eraser picks um i'm like tim i don't use them a lot but i have a lot of erasers so um i really like the white plastic erasers and there's one that faber castell makes um i forgot the model number but the sleeve on it is um like a silver gray and you can find them at like ac Moore and stores like that that is a little better than the mars one it's like it's perfect if it can be erased it'll erase and not make a mess and not ruin your paper hmm. but that said i still like the pink pearl even though, you know, mm-hmm. it's more for playing and looks than actually working. It's a classic. But they have, yeah, they've redone it. It's gotten softer now. Like it erases stuff and it doesn't tear your paper up anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like any eraser should do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would go with those those two as good places to start. And bonus, uh, a needed eraser from an art shop because they're fun as hell to play with they're just oh yeah those are great it's like the original fidget spinner like they're just like <laughs> just sit there and just like fidget with it. My mom always had those all over her desks at her her uh, her dra- like drafting table, and I remember going in just like checking, like talking to her or something when I was a little kid, and just like picking those up and playing with them, and pulling them apart, and stretching them and stuff. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Faber Castell makes ones in um, primary colors now that are just extra Ooh. adorable. Yeah, that's good to know. That's cool. I'd buy that. Yeah. How about you, Tim? Yeah. Uh, I also had the Black Pearl, like Andy, on my list. He turned me on to it. But I, I really like those. Not too much to add beyond what Andy said. But it is shaped kind of, uh, it's a oval-shaped, and it's not super uh, hot, tall, deep. I don't know what the, what the word is, but it's not very thick. And so it's a really good one to have in your pocket if you're going to have like an actual physical eraser. It doesn't, it's real low profile and doesn't get in the way of stuff. Um, but my my favorite, the one that I actually, if I do use one, the one that I'm going to use most of the time is the Pentel Click Eraser, which you can get anywhere. Um, but it has a high polymer, uh, like tube shaped eraser inside that you can click out and ex- extend as you use it up, and you can buy refills to put in it, which is cool because it um, you don't have to buy the the plastic part over and over again. It's you can you can just keep refilling it. it keeps your hands clean. Also, it's like really easy to control what you're erasing and then you don't have the problem of getting an eraser down to like a really small size and just throwing it in the trash because you can't hold on to it anymore, mm-hmm. which I like. So, um, but I've, I've never, I don't know if I've ever, I've maybe actually emptied one out ever, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just cause I don't use, uh, erasers that often. And I do like long form writing with pencils a decent amount. And I, I am at the point now where I typically just cross stuff out and keep going just to save yeah. time. Yeah, uh, but those are those are my picks. Um, hmm. Okay, uh, how about let's just run right into sharpeners. And go back yeah. to Andy. So, uh, w- what do you <laughs> what do you pick? Well, there's one there's one uh, sharpener that I will not pick um, <laughs> big, <laughs> because it is it is the opposite of um, entry level. It's like finicky and it's it's like a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> It's called a I think Ferraris work more often. <laughs> so there's a um, there's a sharpener made by a German company called Mobius and Ruppert. 
And well, okay, I'm going to actually back up for a second. Uh, this is a quick sharpener history lesson for the noobs. There's this old Fabricus or Eberhard Faber um, sharpener called a Janus, J A A J A N U S, and it was made kind of like mid-century, last last century. Um, it's really cool, and it it was known for like making this really great like tapered point, like it it just sort of like swooped into a point, and by doing that, it exposed more. Uh, more graphite so you would get kind of more bang for your buck and they stopped making those you can still kind of find them around but they're hard to come by um and this company called mobius and rupert made something called a pollux which is has the same sort of tapered tapered point on it <laughs> and you know they were only available in germany for a while and cw pencils were like oh hey we're gonna get the pollux i don't know when uh they're having some troubles at the factory but we'll be selling them so they finally got them in stock and they were like holy crap these things cost 28 dollars <laughs> for a little handheld pencil sharpener and being like you know being a, a podcast a pencil podcaster i felt that it was my duty to actually get one of these things so so i paid the 28 dollars and i got them and it is super finicky um it is hard to use. It breaks the wood a lot. It breaks the lead. Um, actually, so when I met Micah from the Erasable Group, she she was at the San Francisco Pen Show. She gave me a trick, which I think helps a little bit more, which is that you have to sharpen it in stages. Like you give it a few turns and you take it out. You put it back in and turn it a little bit more and take it out, you know, and just mm-hmm. do that for a little bit. And it's a little bit more forgiving that way. It just takes forever. It also depends on the pencil too. There, yeah, I've, I've discovered yeah. there are certain pencils that it works like great with that. I can always I use like actually a Blackwing for me at least a Blackwing does pretty well in it. Yeah. Whereas a harder pencil like the HB HB pencils like typical ones have trouble because just I guess just puts too much pressure to try to like fine like to sort of finely carve that harder core that ends yeah. up just snapping. So. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I've also heard that if you buy replacement blades, that that makes a huge difference because some of them, uh, that first run of them that they made, there's just something a little off about them. And yeah. I, I've had to like tighten down the, the blade a couple times to get it to really work, which is annoying, but it makes sense because of the concave shape. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, it, it's just, it's great sharpener when you can use it right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's super finicky, like a, like a luxury car. Um, so if I, if I were to pick like the actual entry, like actual sharpeners, I would say first, any, any handheld sharpener with a metal base would be the way to go instead of a plastic base. Cause it's really easy to snap those things. Um, so anything made by Coom is really good. I think that the other, that Johnny and Tim have some, or at least I know Johnny has some, some Coom, uh, suggestions specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also if you're looking for a really nice, like desktop crank sharpener, um, Classroom friendly is a really good one. We've talked about it a lot, a lot here. Um, it's also the same as the Carl Angel Five, which is a different. Um, that's a, also a dumb name, <laughs> but it's ba- <laughs> it's basically this this desktop sharpener. It's a crank sharpener. It's a burr sharpener. So it's kind of like in your classrooms, and it has this little like plate in the front that advances out to hold your pencil while you crank it. The classroom friendly is. St- like 20 bucks it makes this razor sharp long point which is i mean you could just stab somebody with that thing um <laughs> and perfect for throwing into the ceiling if you it really is if you right one. if you're doing the like agent Mulder thing from the x-files mm-hmm. um and the ones the one drawback to the classroom friendly is the teeth are pretty hard and often leave a 
a dent in your pencil, especially if it's like a really nice lacquer. So if you are super, super picky like me and a lot of people, uh, you'll generally wrap the pencil with a post-it note before you put it into your sharpener. I've had, I have one of my desk at work and I'll do that. And sometimes somebody will be like, sitting beside me just watching me just with amusement like carefully wrap my pencil with a post-it note and <laughs> sharpen it but it's just look up and see their like hor- a horrified look on their face yeah like, what are you doing <laughs> what just what did Shut i just up. see yeah <laughs> what did i just witness right there so uh, i brought it with me oh, to the little ritual <laughs> and it's nice because like it's very meditative you have to like slow down and think about what you're doing if you're in the middle of something um, I took it with me to the pen show and like nobody knew how to use it just because it, it's not like a super obvious way that you use it, but you look at the hang of it and it's cheap and it's pretty, just comes in great colors. Get a hot pink one if you want. Um, yeah. Classroom friendly mm-hmm. sharpener. I'll have that in the show notes. Johnny, what are your, what are your sharpener choices? Um, so mine are mostly from Coom, which is um, the word is escaping me. It's German for Kunststoff und Metal, which is plastic and metal. Um, huh, you can get that. the regular magnesium wedge like anywhere that sells art supplies for like a buck, buck twenty-five. It's a super great sharpener. Um, it's got sh- sort of a short point, but they're very reliable. You can get blades. You can cut off little pieces of it and light them on fire because it's just enough magnesium. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find one that comes with two extra blades screwed to the side, and just that thing would be your sharpener for a couple of years, which is awesome. Um, if you can find the brass one, they don't make it anymore. So that's a bonus score. That's like the, my favorite pocket sharpener. And then Coom also makes the masterpiece, which makes yes. insanely long points with no bite marks and no little finicky Pollux crap. It just sharpens your pencils. So if, if the Pollux is a Ferrari, I would say the Coup Masterpiece is like a Mercedes. Like it's it's very reliable. Yeah. It's also very pretty. It's, it's, it's also Subaru. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. The, the Masterpiece is definitely like the best handheld long point sharpener that you can get. Like buy that over the like the other long point sharpener any, any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if folks are super new, it has two holes, one of which exposes your graphite. And you Just can even pull the out a stopper and it's like go nuts and into graphite and the next one sharpens the graphite as opposed to just sharpening the wood is that that intelligible yeah like Like the first one it's getting late yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, so the way that a pollux would be better is if it followed the same kind of model where you expose the graphite and then use the the, like a pollux side that then like makes a concave point on the actual graphite Ooh, Maybe, maybe that would work a little better maybe not though because i know the the Pollux does make a concave point in the wood too. I'm just trying to think of a way that would be a little yeah. more reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. Masterpiece comes with spare blades and allegedly just takes regular coom blades, which you can get anywhere. Yeah. So if you take care of it, it would last forever because coom blades are going to stick around and you never know. Mobius and Rupert might be like, the Pollux is a money loser and stop <laughs> making the blades and you just have a paperweight that never really worked anyway. <laughs> And the masterpiece comes with a case, which is pretty tight. Um, and for my third and final, the M&R bullet keychain, which is a little brass sharpener with a hole so you can carry it on your keys. I think at this point, all three of us carries that around, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Total, I just totally learned addictive. a new blade on mine this morning. 
But actually, the um, the lip that holds the non-business end side of the blade, because I dropped it so much, was dented over the blade. So I had to like pry it back out. That's solid brass. That's amazing. Yeah, I drop it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to replace it because the blade actually chipped because, I don't know, I dropped it. But it had been on there for a long time, and it was still sharp. And I use it a lot, so that's that's a that's a good endorsement, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you have if you have those three sharpeners, you're like ready for anything except fat pencils. In which case, get a cum wedge with uh, the wide hole, also, or the Castell nine thousand two hole uh, that I have uh, hmm. on my list. So that'll that'll work with the the fat pencils, which I'm a, a big fan of. But yeah. Did you get through all of yours? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to yeah. butt in, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, um so the first one I had on my list is the uh Castell nine thousand two hole sharpener, which is a, a handheld sharpener that uh, you can get from CW pencils. I have the, the link in the show notes, but it's um a hole for a large pencil, hole for a regular size pencil, and then it also has a reservoir that catches the uh shavings, which is nice if you're out and you, and you want to sharpen it. It does put it doesn't put a real short point, it actually puts kind of a nice medium point on your pencil which i like and um, it also swivels so you kind of it closes the hole so nothing leaks out of it into your pocket or anything but then it the actual sharpener part swivels out like 180 degrees where you can use it and then close it up which is a cool little feature the only downside of this one is that you can't switch the blades out that i know of so it's just kind of a disposable thing which sort of sucks but but they last a long time so it takes a while to really wear it out and um, I guess I should point out that at this point, I agree with all of the other stuff that you two said. Like those, those also, <laughs> those are all great. Especially the bullet, the I mean, the bullet keychain and the the classroom friendly. I mean, all those. You just, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these. But yeah. and then the only other one that I would add is kind of an alternative to the classroom friendly is the doll uh, one thirty three, mm-hmm. which is also a crank sharpener, but it doesn't have the teeth on it that it's going to mark up your pencil it doesn't make as uh, sharp as a sharp of a point by any means as the the classroom friendly but it makes again like a nice medium point and it can also fit jumbo pencils yeah yeah it makes a cool. killer point on those That's yeah nuts. it does it does so it's, we, it's kind of the best of both worlds there should we real quick mention maybe like the advantage of a long point versus a sharp point or a short point Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely a, a personal preference kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like for how often you're okay with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how often you're okay with sharpening, and um, I think maybe, a lot of yeah, a lot of artists like a shorter point because they can choke up at the pencil a little bit more and have more control. But mm-hmm. because it's shorter and less graphite is exposed, you have to sharpen it more. Whereas the long point is um, there's more graphite there, so you don't have to sharpen it quite as much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, long point. I mean, obviously, is going to last a lot longer because you've yeah. got more exposed point. You can also, I mean, these these really crazy ones like the masterpiece and things. The, the one of the main benefits of those uh, and the classroom friendly is that if you write really small, which like I know Andy, you you have pretty small handwriting. Yeah, I write pretty small. So so I mean, like if you have really small handwriting, then it's nice to have that. Um, super long point because you're going to get be able to have the the smallest print for the longest amount of time mm-hmm. whereas i kind of like a medium point most of the time uh because i write pretty big mm-hmm. i like i'm still a 
wide ruled paper kind of guy. I mean, I, I write pretty big and I like, uh, blank pages in my notebooks because I, I, yeah, just have a pretty big handwriting. So I kind of like to have the, the medium point that I can get a chunkier line along the way sometimes. So, so that I like the doll, uh, for that, for that feature. But like I said, it also doesn't put the bite marks and it's, and it's half the price as well. Usually you can get it uh, through the link in the show notes for about 12 bucks, yeah. which is an awesome deal. Um, especially if you have prime, <laughs> those are, those are my picks. I think we got a pretty, pretty killer list there of some uh, good places to start. Yeah. And those of you who are listening to the podcast, like people who've been listening with us for 80, 81 episodes, people on our Facebook group, anybody who's hearing this, if you know somebody who you feel like should hear this, you know, who's somebody who, who maybe has shown like some interest in getting into finding nice pencils and, and all that, this, we hope that we put something together that would be a good place for them to start. We know it's a commitment for them to sit down and listen to an hour and a half people talking about, <laughs> about pencils, <laughs> but, but I, I think we've got a lot of good stuff here. Yeah. So. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I hope this is a, a useful thing and you can use it as a, you're in your pencil evangelicism. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but if anybody <laughs> also listening to this has any questions about this, this topic and wants some help finding something or whatever, you can always reach out to us uh, on Twitter. I am Tim Wassum. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy or sorry, at Tim Wassum. I'm also on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Uh, Andy, where can people find you on the internet? I am uh, at A Wellfley, A W E L F as in Faber Castell, L E, on <laughs> Twitter. Uh, same thing on Instagram. So, yeah, you can kind of reach out there. And then also, uh, my, my, my pencil blog is Wood Clinched, and feel free to send me a send me a email through the contact form there. How about you, Johnny? I am on Twitter at Pencilution, and you can also find me at PencilRevolution.com. Hey, the Erasable Podcast is at Erasable.us is our website where you can go. You can find the list of all the episodes and the show notes. You can also find our top five lists and any some we have some merch up there that kind of comes and goes. Magaz or uh, sorry, magazines. Uh, Zines, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Andy's uh, uh, zine plumbago that he puts together, which is super cool. And we also have uh, stickers, pins sometimes, notebooks sometimes. So just keep an eye out on there. We're on Facebook. We have an amazing Facebook group that we mentioned earlier that we recently hit 2,000 members, which is yeah. just totally insane. So it was one of the best places on the internet. It is the safest space for pencil people to just uh, talk about all the things that you're interested in and hear about the crazy things that people are finding in real life and on the internet and everything. So join us there at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. We also have a Facebook page that you can go and like, which did that also just reach a thousand. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yep. Yeah. Facebook.com slash erasable podcast. You can go there and like us and you'll get updates when there are new episodes or when we have any sort of announcements or products that we're uh, wanting to let you know about. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast on both of them. The show notes from tonight's episode, from today's episode, is will be at erasable.us slash 81. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. We'll talk to you next time. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain. 
a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com. Gaze captures me with wonder.